Welcome everyone. This is uh, the second or third, depending on the order I post these, uh, of my three things, uh, podcast by CoachCaseyLee.com. I'm obviously Casey Lee, um, and I'm joined today by, let me see if I can get it right, PJ Strebel. Yeah. Closer? Was that it? That's legit. Nice. PJ Strebel. Awesome. Good job, dude. I'm already on a better start than our last one. Uh, so PJ and I just shot a uh, podcast right before this, or recorded, shot, filmed, whatever. Um, we're on Zoom, so technically it's filmed, but I always just pull the audio um, to save everyone from my face. And um, I mean, PJ is much prettier than me. He's got a great beard. But um, right yeah, the beard season is strong right now um, for the boys from New England. Um, I hate it. But just for those who are, are tuning in for the first time, kind of how this works, um, it's my three things. Um, it kind of coincides with written format uh, content that I produce on CoachCaseyLee.com. But at the same time, I actually learn a lot better through conversations with people who are much smarter than me um, and also do a lot of things that I think are really cool that not a lot of people really know about. Um, and obviously, PJ, I think you'd agree, you and I are probably New England's best kept secret. That's a, an official shot to everyone in Massachusetts um, who might that. be listening to this, but um, Vermont, New Hampshire represent. Um, and what I want to talk to you today, PJ, I've been kind of following your work um, since we met in Strength Faction earlier this year, um, and you run a youth performance program called Peak. And tell me a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, so Peak is essentially um, a youth youth athletic programming so i mean it's anywhere from first graders all the way through high schoolers we deal with like physical education type stuff with the the younger kids um so that's all play-based that's hopping skipping jumping throwing catching um obstacle courses ninja warrior type stuff relay races games i mean it's just awesome um it's a lot of fun and um we pick them up first to third grade and then fourth through sixth graders um obviously the fourth and sixth get a little bit more aggressive um as far as like the types of games that they play. It's a little bit more structured, but not much. Um, and then as soon as they get into seventh and eighth grade, we start lifting. Um, so it's a very basic strength, uh, strength training program. Um, we push, we pull, we hinge, we squat. Um, it's a lot of fun stuff. We push some heavy sleds. It's a good time. Um, the middle school and the high school programming is a lot along the, a lot along the lines of the CFSC model. Um, so I think that those guys just kill it and there's no real reason to reinvent the wheel there. Um, so we do a lot of single leg stuff. Um, it's, it's fun, man. Uh, we're, we're heading into our third year. Um, I started with two kids, um, and this session we have just under 90. Um, so it's been, it's been a fun, it's been a fun growth and kind of watching some of the kids stay in the program and progress through the years. It's, it's been really, it's, it's been really enjoyable. Um, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so that kind of brings me to my first thing that I want to kind of bring up here in conversation. Um, 90 kids just sold out. Sold um, out programs full. What, what do you contribute to that? Um, under promising and over delivering. Um, okay. I, think, I think you just posted something about that uh, earlier today. Um, it's really important to treat the people you have really well. Um, and I think if you treat the people that are already with you really, really, really well, they're going to tell everybody. Um, we haven't spent more than $500 on advertising throughout the three years. Um, so it's all been word of mouth 
um, my social media, which doesn't have much of a following. So I appreciate you giving me a shout out. Um, but just treating people well, um, having a really, really good product um, and being consistent. Uh, I, I think that those are the biggest things. Um, I sell three different products depending on who I'm talking to, right? So if I'm talking to the kid, I'm saying, hey, I'm going to get you onto the, the next level, right? You're going to play varsity or you're going to play JV. You're going to make the A squad. I'm going to get you bigger. I'm going to get you stronger. I'm going to get you faster. Um, if I'm talking to the dad, it's, hey, little Johnny's going to get big. He's going to be strong. He's going to be a force on the field. I'm talking to the mom. I'm saying, hey, bud, this kid, he's going to get more, more discipline. He's going to have way more self-worth. He's going to be really happy with himself after he lives. So I think keep the kid safe, keep the kid happy, keep him having fun. Um, I think that you're going to create a really good product. That's awesome. Um, you know, this is uh, the second, second question kind of plays off the first. You and I both train a youth population. Um, with that comes multiple personalities, um, whether that's multiple personalities for you, different age groups, whether that is multiple personalities of physically just a ton of bodies in the facility. Talk to me a little bit about the community of working with the youth population um, because I really do think it's a, it gets a lot of buzz in the industry, um, you know, as far as youth fitness and youth health and the obesity epidemic. But, you know, like we, we talked in our, our last, last podcast we just shot here, knowledge is power, but only if you know how to use it. Um, and I, I don't think people really understand just, you know, what goes into training a bunch of young athletes in today's world. And if you could just talk a little bit about kind of what that's like, the community you have, um, you know, I, I think it'd be really awesome for people who are listening to this to kind of get a glimpse of what a quality youth training program really looks like. So I think the biggest thing for us with the, the community is to try, I think my personal goal is, is to try to foster relationships with them, within young adults, um, where they, they can be in a safe space. I, I know that that's a terrible way to put it, but that they can be in this area in the gym where they're willing to try new things to to not be afraid to fail um and to encourage those other kids in the program to 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 try to kind of extend outside of their comfort zone a little bit um because we know that that's where the real growth happens um so i think getting everybody to understand that that hey we're all on the same team here and and we're all looking to get to the same place and that's just better right one day better um a big thing for for us with the youth program i have a couple different so since we go from elementary to high schoolers i have sometimes two or three kids in the same family and it's a lot of fun i mean even some of them i train the, the parents as well but for the kids it's fun to see the growth and they they want to kind of stay in the program so they get to do what their older brothers doing their older brothers talking about bench pressing and trap bar deadlifting and that that's what the fourth grade johnny wants to do right um but as a whole with the program, I think something that, that we've done um, that kind of brings us a little closer together is um, we do a community outreach or community service event every session or every month rather, um, where I pick a local youth-based charity um, and we team up and whether it's a food drive or whether it's um, we get like a giving tree for a local teen house um, and we all like, we go get presents for them, whether it's a personal care items like soap and shampoo and toothbrush, that kind of toothpaste, that kind of stuff. Um, but getting the kids involved in something within the community where they know that, Hey, there are some kids in your classroom that aren't as lucky. Um, and that knowing that what they get to do in the gym is a privilege. Um, so they don't, kind of take that for granted where they realize that, hey, there's somebody in here, there's somebody else that really wants to be in here that can't be. 
So I think giving back to the community is really, really important. Um, and, and it, it gets the parents to be able to have a conversation, right? Because if a mom tells you to eat your vegetables, you're like, all right, whatever, mom. But if like a coach that you really admire says, dude, you got to eat your vegetables if you want to get bigger and stronger. It's like, I need the whole garden, right? So me being able to say, hey, it's really important to give back. Like there's some people who are less fortunate than us and it's really important that we can kind of help them. It gives kind of, it gives the parents a segue to be like, I'm an opportunity conversation with a kid um and i like to to try and be able to reiterate what the parents are saying so um like you said there's a lot of different dynamics um if you get 10 12 year old 13 year old boys in one room it's it's chaos right but it's fun it's organized chaos um so dealing with the different personalities can be tough um i mean you know there's different types of kids and they respond differently to different types of coaching and and you have to kind of stay online and <laughs> figure out which is the best way to get, get everything out of the kid. Yeah, I think uh, that was, that was a great answer, man. I think uh, what you do for the community, obviously, you know, we impact kids and we work with kids, but it goes so much beyond that as far as the community that we're a part of. And, and I don't know if that's just like the new England roots in us or what, but that's awesome. I love to love to hear that. Um, you know, the, yeah. the program really extends outside the four walls that it, that it lives in. For sure. And I mean, when you think about it, I don't think I'll ever have a professional lifter come out of my program, right? And the chances of me having a professional athlete from a first grader all the way up and go be a major league baseball player, pretty slim. Um, so I think that realizing that, hey, like, we're doing more than just strength training, right? We're creating better people, better kids. Um, and I think that the younger we can start to have good habits just by being a good person, um, I'm doing better, right? And, and the further you can reach as a coach, the more impact you have. And I think by creating a better generation, or at least trying to, um, I think we can make a bigger impact on, on the world, right? We all need to be a little That's bit awesome. happier and a little bit nicer to everybody. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's very refreshing. I love to hear that. The third question, and this is a super, super loaded question. Um, and this is kind of where my brain has been in the last month. And, and I'd like to just kind of get the, and I, not the, yeah, I'd just like to get the opinions of a fellow strength coach, um, someone who works in the same demographic as me. But um, you and I follow a lot of the same um, people kind of across New England, like Jeremy Frisch uh, down in Boston and a lot of stuff that he does. And he touched on the boys over at um, CFSC and what they do. Um, what are your thoughts on long-term athletic development? And what I mean by that is, you know, what either you can go a lot of different ways. I'm just curious of what your initial, initial reaction is. Again, um, you know, three questions. These are unscripted questions for everyone who's listening. I'm just literally asking him, giving PJ a minute to digest right now. Um, Long-term athletic development. We know our kids are playing sports year round. Obviously you've got, 90 plus kids to commit to you and your program and strength training. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on long-term athletic development? How does it get implemented? What, what do you just, just go with that? That's a, that's a big question. It's a big question. It's big. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was a multi-sport athlete. I was never the most skilled player. Um, but my athleticism kind of shown through because I played everything I could. Um, and it kind of culminated with me playing a different sport in college than I had ever 
played in my life. Like I had never touched lacrosse stick until my freshman year of college. Um, so that's in the forefront of my brain with everything that I preach, right? Be a multi-sport athlete, do as much as you can, do as many different things as possible. Um, I think that a lot of the time we're progressing kids too quickly through the development of their athletic abilities and through their motor. I think that just because kids look like little adults that they shouldn't be trained like many adults. I think that a, a, a fourth grader doesn't necessarily need to be lifting weight structured. You know what I mean? Like in a structured lifting program with this and that. Can he? Probably. But I think a lot of that has to do with um, not only physical maturity, but also like emotional um, maturity as well and kind of where that kid is. Um, with us, we start super young. I mean, six, seven years old and it's play, man. Just go play, go hop, go skip. Um, Angela Hanscom um, is a, a youth a pediatric occupational therapist in my area. And she wrote the book Barefoot and Balanced. Um, write that down. If you haven't read that, that's a great book. Um, I'll make sure I'll actually put that in the show notes. But what she preaches um, is unstructured free play outside. Now we're in New England, so it's tough to get outside a lot of, a lot of the time of the year, but getting kids to have some unstructured as in like, I'm not going to tell you exactly how to do something, but you're going to go play. So I'll create an obstacle course and I put like a trampoline into a box onto like over a couple of hurdles. And they're like, Oh, how do I do that? I said, I don't know, dude, just do it. And that gives them the exploration to kind of figure out, Hey, this didn't work that well, or maybe this way is going to be faster or this way is going to be easier. Um, and I think that a lot of the time parents are so afraid to let their kid fail that they protect them too much. Um, now I'm not a father, so I can't really, I'm not a father yet. No, I was going to say not yet. Not yet. <laughs> a couple more months. Um, but sometimes letting a kid struggle and letting them almost fail um, is really, really good for the process of those kids. Um, and then just progressing naturally. Um, we can create athleticism through a kid just by having them play. And then I don't mean play their sport. I just mean go play, like go build a fort in the woods, go climb a tree, go play stickball, go play touch football in the in the park with nobody around like no adults um so i think that that's that's a big missing piece of it um and then as they get older i mean i have fifth graders that only like i, I had like a fourth grader come up to me a couple a couple weeks back and was like i'm a hockey center i was like dude you have snot on your face you don't know what you are yet you're nine like <laughs> they're they're getting put into these places it's like no i'm a striker i play soccer and that's all i do and it's like no dude like you're you're 12 you can do whatever you want like you shouldn't be playing your sport all year um and i think that that has been a huge piece of it um because i think a lot of parents are afraid that if their kid doesn't do the winter lacrosse clinic or spring soccer that they're going to fall behind their competitors. And I, I honestly think that taking a break will get you better at your sport. Um, I think playing different things will get you better at your sport. Um, and I think that it's almost like a fear factor and these club teams and these big organizations are saying, give me your money. You don't want your kid to, to fall behind or Billy needs to be a better goal scorer. Here's this, here's this shooting clinic and give me all your money kind of thing. You know what I mean? And if you look at professional athletes, professional athletes don't play their sport all year long. And that's what I've been telling kids. Like I had a baseball player come in here. I was like, yo, are you better than, than 
Corey Kluber? He's like, no. I was like, well, he doesn't play baseball all year long. Why do you? He's like, well, and I was like, you know what he does do all year long is lift. He stays strong all year long. And he shuts his arm down for three months or two months or whatever. And it kind of gets them thinking. It's like, oh, like, I, I don't have to throw a baseball all year. It's like, I get these kids with just nagging injuries, kids that shouldn't be in, like, pain. They're just in pain. They're 13 years old. This girl's got flared-up hip flexors and their lower back hurts. And it's just, it's sad, man. But I think the priorities are backwards. Uh, it's easy for us to say because we're strength coaches, right? Obviously, we think strength is important or else we wouldn't be strength coaches. But I think for me to tell a parent that, no, like, your kids shouldn't be playing 12 months of soccer or 10 months of soccer or even nine months of soccer. It's a fall sport. But I'm from a small town, and if the kids who played football didn't play basketball, we wouldn't have had a basketball team. And if the kids who played basketball didn't play baseball, we wouldn't have had a baseball team. So being in an area where there are opportunities to play the same sport all year long, it's going to get a kid excited to play their sport. But if you, if you put your baseball mitt down for four months, you're going to be really excited to pick it back up. And most kids who stop playing organized sports stop. It's not fun anymore. Going to practice five days a week isn't fun. Going to practice five days a week, 12 months out of the year, sure as hell isn't fun. So if the sport isn't fun, they're not going to want to play. And we know that sport is just a segue to bigger and better life lessons. Be disciplined. Work on a team. Be coachable. All of those things we learn through sport. And, and if, kid, if a kid stops at 12, how coachable are they going to be when they graduate college and their boss is, is not the nicest person in the world? How are they going to do with failure? How are they going to do with not wanting to go to work when they have to? Stuff like that. I think that's what we're coaching. That's what we're creating. We're creating life habits. But That's awesome. You just took a, a unbelievably broad question and gave a fantastic answer with some unreal perspective, man. I appreciate it. Um, What's the best way for people if they're like, hey, PJ Strebel, did I say that right again? Yeah, man, you're on it. It only took about 15 minutes of me botching it (laughs) um, in a really awkward five-minute introduction to the last podcast. Um, What's the best way for people to find you if they want some more information? Uh, They can find me on the socials, um, at Strength by Strebel. Um, They can can go to Seacoast sportsclubs.com um they can find me there or um you can email me at pj at seacoastsportsclubs.com um i'm pretty good with all that kind of stuff so i try to get back as fast as i can but um i'm on my way to a thousand followers on instagram casey so i at strength by trouble come on we gotta get to huge, 1k huge to to 1K. give them the bump give them the bump i need a push. awesome man well i appreciate you coming on i'm sure this will not be our last conversation it better not be this weekend, right? What's that? I'll see you in Philly this weekend. You're going to Philly. I will see you on Friday night, man. And then all day Saturday and all day Sunday. Perfect. I can't wait. Love it. Can't wait to see you, man. All right, dude.